Hey, you guys. We're so grateful to have Mr. Nicholas King with us. He has been performing since he was four years old, having been in three Broadway productions before the age of 12 is no small feat. Aside from appearing opposite Tom Selleck in A Thousand Clowns and Carol Burnett in Hollywood Arms, and it was directed by, is it called Hal Prince? I want to make sure I say it correctly. Hal, Hal Prince. He was Broadway's longest running show in Disney's Beauty and the Beast. King has also appeared in dozens of national TV commercials, including his award-winning Oscar Mayer Lunchables commercial. Now, that was my favorite food, Nick. <laughs> Growing up, I loved it. <laughs> King, <laughs> King has appeared on many TV talk That's shows, funny. such as The View, The Today Show, and Sally Jesse Raphael. And he also has appeared twice on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. His latest album, Act One, celebrating 25 years of recording, was released in 2021 with Club 44 Records. And we're so grateful to have you, Nick, on the show. Thank you so much, Nicholas, for being here. Thank you, Gerald. So happy to happy to get a chance to chat with well, you. Well, I'm just happy to tell that we connected. And you guys, it's been a, a journey getting to know Nick. I mean, we talked... I think the first time we talked, we, you were like near a train, I believe. And <laughs> oh my word, yes, it was the eighty-six things happening at one time: trains coming and going, loud, you know, whistles and <laughs> wind and all this nonsense. But somehow we managed to still find a way to chat. <laughs> we did. I loved it. He was like, "Hold on a minute, let me." <laughs> and I was like, "I know uh, all about distractions." Yeah. So I'm like, "It was fine." And I was just, I was so glad that we were able to kind of talk through it and. And he was like, okay, you still want to know? I'm like, absolutely. So it was it was really fun. Our first introduction was just kind of like, just how life is, like how the world is today. Just so many different things we have to kind of get through and, and find our peace. So it was really great talking with you that first time. Yeah. Well, especially, especially too, because, you know, being in the entertainment industry, you know, we were shut down for 18 months, which was really difficult, but you know, now things are sort of back up and running. It's almost like we all went from, from, you know, from a hundred miles an hour down to zero. And now we went from zero back up to like an 80. <laughs> so we're just trying to figure out, how, you know, it's all <laughs> happening so fast and there's so much happening all, all the same time. And yeah, you caught me in one of those moments. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's nice. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear about you and all that you're doing, uh, you know, to keep, uh, keep people engaged in, uh, in what other people are doing. Yeah. And it's, it's fun. Like this is some of the most fun I've ever had just kind of talking to you guys. Cause y'all are all just such amazing people, but just knowing your careers and things y'all been able to do so far, it just, it inspires me. So I'm glad to have you here. So Nick, Thanks, I want to go to our first questions. The first one I have is, do you mind telling us what city did you grow up in? And how did your city influence you, your love for music? So I grew up in Westerly, Rhode Island, which is a small little town right on the border of Connecticut and right on the ocean. So I uh, grew up with a lot of, lot of good seafood, a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of good beach days. Um, yeah, not too much was, was happening, I must tell you, uh, musically down there. I didn't really get much of an opportunity to ever really explore my musicality where I grew up. Uh, but that was shaped, my musicality was shaped basically by my family because my grandmother uh, is a singer. Uh, and when I was growing up, um, I used to, of course, you know, hang out at grandma's house. But instead of, you know, 
getting together and baking cookies, my grandmother would put me in the backseat of her car and off we'd go to one of her gigs, you know? Uh, so between her and my aunt, uh, who's also a singer and my grand, my other grandparents, everybody on my mother's side of the family is musically inclined in some way, either they're in a band or they sing or they play an instrument. So my, my, um, musicality was really more nurtured by my family than it was by my, by my area. In fact, I could never, it was very hard for me to get work, believe it or not, in my area, uh, in my local area. Um, so I wound up actually working mostly in New York, uh, which was about a two and a half hour drive. And, you know, I didn't mind it, you know, uh, as long as my parents didn't mind driving me, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's really where I, I, I like to say that I, I was able to explore <laughs> and pursue that was in New York city. And New York City, we know, is very similar to, like, my hometown, which is New Orleans. It's similar to, like, a melting pot. There's so many different eclectic groups of people, different types of food, atmospheres. You go down one street and you kind of learn a lot about different cultures and just that experience. And so it's kind of similar. Like, I was like, it's like a good gumbo. Like, it's just so much that goes into it. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, you're you're from the South. You say it's like a good gumbo. I'm Italian. I would say it's like a good antipasto. It's just a nice mix. <laughs> yes, it's, it's the exact same thing. And it's, you know, uh, that's where I was really able to, to nurture that. You know, I love my hometown, but you know, there's, I, it's, there's a reason why I don't live there anymore because I could never make a living in that area. It's just, it's not, it's not what people do around there, you know? So to be able to, uh, to have had, and to still have a nice quiet, you know, sea town to come to, to visit my family and to relax and to grow up is, was very lovely, but to start pursuing music. Yes. I, I had to move out of my zip code. You know, and I understand that it just shows how resilient you were and that you wanted to make a career. And it just goes back to show, especially our younger listeners, that, you know, sometimes we have to step out on our faith, our belief system, and also have a strong support network around you. Because when you have people who really do believe in your talent, they can push you to higher heights than you even thought that you could actually achieve. So it's more about kind of staying true to yourself, but also still having a passion to pursue your career and your, your, your choices that you would like as far as musically acting wise, there's just so many, so many ways now to, to reach people, especially now with Instagram and YouTube and TikTok. There's just, there's a lot more than maybe when I was younger and you were younger of, of ways and avenues. Oh, for sure. So can you for tell sure. us about your sound? This is something I love to ask this question. If you could choose one word to describe your sound and, and how you sing, what word would you choose? I think I would say uh, one word. <laughs> I'm a, you're asking an Italian to use one word? No, I would have to say um, <laughs> amalgamation. How about that? Amalgamation. I think I'm, I'm a, or a mosaic, I would say. I don't know. Trying to find some word. But um, yeah, I, I think it's, I'm, a, I'm a mix of everything that I was exposed to. So my, my musical influences growing up were very varied. I had my mother and father who played R&B in the house. So we had lots of Luther Vandross and Shaka Khan and Whitney Houston going on. At my grandmother's house, she was listening to a lot of show tunes. So I learned about Barbara Streisand and Edie Gourmet. Uh, at my Aunt Lisa's house, I learned about, you know, more rock music. So I learned about Blood, Sweat and Tears and Chicago and Styx and all, that, all those people and Billy Joel. And then, of course, I had my Aunt Vilma, who was one of my dearest and most, you know, massive educators who taught me about people like, you know, Sinatra and Mel Torme and Sammy Davis Jr. So my, my taste is incredibly varied. If you were to look at my, at my iPod, you would say, what, in the, who is this psychotic person? Because <laughs> the taste is really spread about everywhere. And I would think it sort of comes out, 
you know, here and there in my sound. You know, I think it's quite an amalgamation of what I was exposed to. I love that. And it just kind of goes even further. I love that you went from like Luther Vandross to Sticks, like just even going through a lot of the ones you mentioned and Barbara Streisand, all of these people were innovators. And in a lot of the the music is timeless. And that's something, one thing I love Luther Vandross when I grew up, and I just go back to like a house and not a home. I can list hundreds of things he's done. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, listen, I could, I could talk about Luther absolutely all day long. I did get a chance to meet him a couple of times. And one of my biggest thrills was getting to introduce my mom to him because my mom was such a huge fan. And she won't mind me telling you that she even had him playing while I was, while she was in the delivery room giving birth to me. Cause it was the only thing that would calm her down. <laughs> so, uh, so that was a nice thrill for me was being able to introduce <laughs> mom to him. And of course he was just such a, such a giant in the industry. I mean, just so innovative, so unique, so fresh, you know, he really, he wrote the script on what it was like to be an R and B vocalist. I mean, he, he wrote, he wrote the script, you know, that's right. Like never too much. That's one of my favorite songs oh, to dance on. to. You listen oh, come to. on. All of them. <laughs> this is, you can't pick. I mean, the man was just a genius. Yeah. He was. And rest in peace to Luther Vandross. Like I said, I always tell people when I think of like Prince and Michael Jackson and Luther Vandross, I mean, Whitney Houston, so many amazing legends that have gone before us, but who left such a huge indelible mark on the music industry and just on people's lives. Like how many families well, we already know how many kids were made through with Luther and Barry White and so many of those <laughs> voices, especially Barry White. Like, just, just oh, come on. amazing. No. Oh, my word. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm going to ask my mom later. I'm like, was I made through Barry White? I'm going to have to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to kind of go into our next question. Uh, what advice would you give someone who's pursuing a career in music? I would say two, uh, well, two things. I would, I, would, I would give two things. Number one, learn to share in other people's success. You know, it's very easy if, if we don't get a gig or we get, you know, we don't get what we're looking for. It's very easy to, to feel embittered or entitled or I wish I was doing that or why, why don't I have that gig? And that is such a toxic reaction. And um, I, I, I witnessed it a lot firsthand growing up with different various young people that I was around that had difficulty sharing in other people's joy and I saw what it did to them and they lost focus of the craft, you know? And so one of my bits of advice is to us to always share in other people's joy and you will never be bitter a day in your life. And secondly, I would say always stay curious, you know, always stay, you know, always learn, you know, learn new things, always be open to, to learning new things. Uh, I got the bit of advice from Liza Minnelli back, back in the day. And I've always, I've always stuck with it. She told me, uh, never be the smartest person in the room. And I just think that was so brilliant because, you know, if you are the smartest person in the room, then you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to grow. And, you know, she always surrounded herself with people that were more talented than her in, in some regard. That's what she always said. And that was always her advice to me was always surround yourself with people who know more than you do. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the idea that you met Luther Vandross and Liza Minnelli. I mean, just. Well, I met, actually, I met Luther through Liza, <laughs> believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I met, I met Luther at Liza's house and she was having a party and he was there. No, I'm wrong. Actually, first I met him at, at her, at her wedding, but that's a whole other topic, which we don't need to discuss, but I met him at her wedding. And okay, then, yeah. I, then, I, <laughs> then I met him again at her house, you know, a, a few months later, but yeah, no, I, I met Luther through her. Wow. What's one of your biggest like celebrities that you met? Like you were just like starstruck outside of the two that you just mentioned. Is there anyone else that like really stands out to you? Like, wow. 
You know, I, I don't really get starstruck very often. Um, I think it's because I was exposed to this industry from such an early age that I don't, I don't get silly or starstruck or, you know, gaga over, over, over people. I mean, I do think there are certain people that stick with me and go, oh, wow, this is momentous. This, this is really important. I think meeting Michael Jackson was very important, you know, and I, and I, I have such vivid memories of, of having such lovely conversations with him and, uh, you know, I was 11, 12, 13, you know, and, and he was so kind and so sweet. And, you know, again, I wasn't starstruck, but he, he made me feel so comfortable and he was so personable and so kind. And I just, I remember his kindness most of all, you know, but I mean, sure. I mean, throughout the years, yeah, I've been able to cross paths with some wonderful people. Barbara Streisand, that was a thrill to meet her, um, you know, and then of course, just people that I've gotten to work with. But again, you know, it's not, it's not a starstruck thing. It's more of just a, wow, I just, I, I appreciate your art. I appreciate your craft and, you know, and then let's go get a hamburger somewhere type, type thing, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's how it's always been for, for me anyway. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, Michael Jackson is a star. I mean, that, that, that's amazing. The ultimate, yeah. Now, would you have a top five, like top five albums that you listen to and how do those albums change your life? So I actually play this game. Yeah, you know, it's funny you ask me this. I have a I have a, a list ready to go because I actually <laughs> I play this game with people. It lets me know if we're going to be friends or not. I always say, okay, if you're on a desert island, top five albums. Uh, my top five albums would have to be, in no particular order, uh, Carol King Tapestry. I think it's a perfect record, start to finish. You can play the entire thing as hit after hit after hit. Uh, Liza Minnelli at Carnegie Hall because that's the record that my family used to play. That. I just absorbed every minute of it. I know every nuance. I know every horn lick. It's it's one of the greatest uh, live performances I think of any artist who's ever released anything. It's a two CD, you know, uh, release. Liza Minnelli at, at Carnegie Hall. Uh, I would have to say for a more uh, uh, intimate thing, what I learned about nuance and phrasing. Tony Bennett and Bill Evans. It's just piano and voice. It's two guys singing about you know twenty songs or so, and it's just fantastic. Uh, Michael Jackson off the wall because again, hit after hit was just fantastic. And uh, then I would have to throw in, uh, it always gets weird when I, when I get to the last one, but I might have to throw in Billy Joel, the stranger. Cause another one hit after hit great song after great song. And uh, those would have to be, now this is, you know, I'm saying nothing of other people that I love like Luther or earth, earth, wind and fire or Chicago, or but I think from top to finish those five records you can play from beginning to end and feel totally complete. That's awesome. Now, don't beat me up now. I'm going to give you my top five. <laughs> yes, I want to know them. I want to know them. Okay, so one, everyone who knows me knows I love Tori Kelly, and she's one of our newer singers that's out. And she released a EP called Forward, and it was amazing. I just, anything she releases, I will listen and play front and back. Um, but I love that. That one's a record that really inspired me just to kind of listen to her and, and the songs that she was able to create. I love Prince. So Prince, Purple Rain, of course, just, I mean, I oh, yeah. this. Oh, my gosh, Purple Rain. How could I forget Purple Rain? Oh, my <laughs> see, I, see, oh another one I just love, Back back to Black, Amy Winehouse. That record from start to finish to me is just genius. Mark Ronson did such amazing work. And God, I love that one. So she had to be an honorary sixth. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna call someone out that you'll be like, wait, what? But she's an amazing singer, Jasmine Sullivan. I mean, her debut oh, sure. album. I mean, just her voice in general. I love Brandy's Full Moon album. Yeah, 
that is an album that I listen to daily. All right. Like I could just listen to Full Moon and just go from. I actually <laughs> know like each song in order and know like the intro. And I mean, I almost like uh, practiced it. I'm like, this is it's, it's an amazing record. I think I'm, I'm close to my five, but I think the fifth one. I think I'm close there. Will probably be. Oh, this is kind of hard. But I may go to Kirk Franklin. I love Kirk Franklin's first record. And anyone who got, any of you guys who have never heard of Kirk Franklin before, the listeners, he's a gospel, you know, composer. He's He does more directing more than singing. He does a lot of talking on the records. But growing up in a church and having that experience and just he it was able to give more of a secular feel to gospel music, which was something that I really enjoyed and liked having something different to hear. Um, so that was someone for sure. That's a left field one for me, but I love that. And then anything, to be honest, I loved um, Anita Baker. And so caught up in a rapture. I mean, I can, oh, I yeah. know even some songs that people wouldn't even know that she's done. I'm, they're like, oh, that's not one of her hits. But um, I just look <laughs> priceless, which is a song that people don't know, which is amazing. <laughs> she, she was in that. She, she was really something. I mean, she's just, she's, I mean, those, those records, that voice, I mean, you just, you can't beat Anita Baker ever. Right. I mean, and you can't even try. Like, I mean, <laughs> so, nope. so I'm going to give her honest. She wins. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. Oh, no. I'm, oh, no. I'm sorry. I just said she, she wins. <laughs> she does win. <laughs> she wins. She's amazing. <laughs> so I'm going to give an honorary 612, Tony Braxton. Uh-huh. Yes, I was going to catch you up, girl, with that one. So Toni Braxton, I mean, her debut album, I mean, how many hits was on that that record? I mean, it's just like, come yeah, on. That's very, very, very true. So that those are mine. I mean, I know we both kind of cheated on how many, that's, but it's that, okay. That's a, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good list. I mean, I think you and I could probably listen to the 18 or 28 more. <laughs> but okay. that's, that's a pretty good start. Okay. <laughs> so let's kind of talk about your biggest accomplishment. Do you, can you kind of narrow down what's been one of your biggest accomplishments thus far in your career? You know, that's, that's always a really hard one. I always try to think um, th- that um, I've yet to achieve it. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I definitely, you know, there's, there are some milestone moments, you know, but um, uh, I think playing at Carnegie Hall was, was a thrill, you know, uh, playing at uh, Lincoln Center was a joy. Um, but we're, you know, I don't, I, but it's it's always so hard to 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 nail that down. I I don't know. I know that for me, the most satisfying moments have been uh, getting to work with with really wonderful people and learning, you know, uh, from different people. So, for instance, when I did a tour with Liza Minnelli for those ten plus years, uh, that was that was a joy. And granted, those that took on so many different peaks and valleys through the years and different moments, but as an overall feeling that was, that was pretty cool, you know, to get to drive down Las Vegas Boulevard and see my name on a billboard, you know, Liza Minnelli, Nicholas King, one and only, you know, or something or whatever. It's just those little moments sort of stick with you and go, man, that's, that's pretty neat. But, you know, I, I do always hold out the idea that my greatest achievement is the one that I've yet to do, you know? That's awesome. I love how you said that because I mean, that, that gives you room to grow. And also to cultivate your career even to another level outside of what you've already been able to accomplish. Yeah, for sure. Now, this may be a hard one to answer this one, but if you can try your best, if you could change places with one person, even if it's only for one day, 
Can you choose one person and what type of impact do you feel you can make if you had that person's influence? Well, I'm going to borrow a quote from my, my friend, Carol Burnett, who was asked this same question. And I, I thought, my God, I don't think I could ever find a better response because I've been asked this before. And I'm, I'm going to use Carol Burnett's quote because I think it's the best quote. If I could be any person for 24 hours, what kind of impact would I have? I would be Osama, I would be Osama bin Laden and I would shoot myself. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> the best. <laughs> Whenever she told me that, I just about fell over and I went, Carol, that's it. That's the best response to that, to that question ever. Because gosh, how could, who, how could you pick, you know, and uh, you know, you'd want to, well, I'd want to be me, you know, whatever. But I think that's the best response. <laughs> It'd be Osama bin Laden. I could shoot myself. <laughs> oh Lord. Now that is, <laughs> you're talking about microphone drop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think if it was me, the one person who I would love to switch seats for for at least a day I would definitely choose Dr. Martin Luther King I mean I feel like coming from my background yeah. and my experience and just being there with him when he and being able to speak the I have a dream speech like just that moment I think will will always be cemented in my mind of something that was only monumental for African-American people for people in general like just showing Oh, just for Absolutely. That, that's the person I would definitely choose. If I had that moment just to stand there and to see that and to be able to, be able to voice it myself, it's just, it just meant a lot to me just knowing that they had a person who stood up for something that he believed in, no matter if people agreed or not, and he still was able to kind of share his experience. And that was, and he, he brought a lot of people together, even within our own culture. So that was, that's one who I would choose. Yeah. Well, he he was gentle about it too, and I think that that's something that I was was drawn to when I would you know of course research about him, is that he was strong, but you know he was he was very well spoken, and very I think uh, the tenderness is something that that I'm drawn to, and someone who can be so powerful while still being tender and compassionate. <clears throat> you know, I think we live in the age of the bully. And, you know, people like to be outspoken and they like to be rough and tough and all this stuff. And I think that it's, there's something lost in that. And I think that when we look at, at the legacy left by people like Dr. King and others who have dealt with such tenderness and compassion while still fighting for something so strong and powerful, I think those are the people that, that I respect more than anything. And I think that if anything, I think that's something that I would absolutely always strive to, to imitate, you know? I agree. I agree. I think that was a great answer for sure. Um, the first one that you gave, and then I think just oh well, I, I gave a silly I, answer. You you gave a real answer. I gave a silly answer. <laughs> no, I like the silly answer because we need to laugh more, right? I mean, I mean, just That's be true. honest. Like that was such a reference. Like wow, I wouldn't have thought of that one. But if, <laughs> but it just it's, it's well again. I take I take no credit for it. I take no credit for it. That's all from <laughs> that's all from the brilliant mind of Miss Carol Burnett. Absolutely. So the last two questions I have for you is, um, can we talk about your music? Is there anything you have that's coming out currently? Yes. Well, I, just a few mo months ago, I released a brand, brand new record called Act One. It's available on Club 44 Records. It's everywhere. It's on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, <clears throat> Walmart, <laughs> you name it. It's uh, Target. It's, it's all those places. And it's, uh, it looks back at the last 25 years of my career. So this year marks, uh, well, 2020 marked 20 uh, years of sh being in show business. And, um, you know, the first recording on it is me at four and a half years old. And it sort of chronicles through the rest of my life until now. And uh, it's, it's, it was really fun to put together. It was sort of a, a quarantine project uh, because I wasn't able to get to the studio to record a lot of new things. I decided, well, let me put together a nice little composite, 
you know, compilation of, of, um, you know, my career thus far. And the more I kept digging, the more I found, and we found unreleased material. We found, you know, uh, uh, various audio tracks across the years. And it's really nice. It features, you know, duets and appearances with people like uh, Jane Monheit, who's a brilliant jazz singer, Liza Minnelli, of course, Tom Selleck in his singing debut. And my favorite, one of my favorite Broadway actors of all time, Norm Lewis. Norm Lewis was the first a black man to play the part of the phantom uh, of the opera on Broadway. And I saw him in that. And I, I just thought, man, that, that man is genius. And uh, we've become pals and uh, he's on the record and it's just, it's really fun. It's, it's, it's fun. It's a fun record to look back. If you want a nice little, um, you know, uh, catch up, if you want to know who Nicholas King is, that's a good little catch up, but I am working on a brand new album at the moment with club 44. And that's going to be very exciting. And that hopefully will get released uh, in the, in the, in the summer of 2022. I, I'm just so happy for you. Just, just the, you're a consummate professional, but I mean, having that experience to work with so many legends and being able to release your own record, I know it just, it has to be a good feeling to know that it's something that you put all this work into and that people are going to be able to hopefully hear it and, and, and support it is going to be amazing. Do you remember the first time you ever what? heard your record on the, did you ever hear it on the radio before or anything like that? Yes. Yes. It was in, um, it was in Florida on legends radio because you know, the music I play is not mainstream pop, you know, so I have to, you have to find on, on the right, um, on the right channels. Uh, you know, I'd heard on, 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 uh, the television, what is it? The, the music choice, you know, I, I've, I've heard myself come out through there, but driving around in Palm beach, Florida with the windows open. And all of a sudden my, my, uh, my, my record comes on with Mike Renzi, who just recently passed about, about a month and a half ago, who was my musical director for 14 years. And one of my best friends in the whole wide world. And, uh, to hear he and I on the radio. I don't even remember what song it was. I think it might've been Skylark or something. I just was in a daze. I just thought, oh my gosh, I'm driving around and it's on the radio and I'm listening to myself. It was so strange and wonderful and weird. And, you know, but to, to hear the positive comments, you know, from the, from the, the DJ and from other people, it just was really, 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 you know, something to, to remember. I love that. I mean, I'm not a musician myself, but I could only imagine like if I was and, and heard that. And it just kind of reminds me, I listen back to some of the podcast episodes. Um, I think you definitely are not only doing an amazing job in this interview, but just you speak well and you do share with others, you know, with your intonation and your, your tone of voice. And it, it's very soothing for people to hear. And that's a great thing for people to listen to, to say, hey, I also would like to hear his music. And I always say people who have amazing sounding voices musically you know they really do a great job normally kind of sharing of themselves and so when I listen back I was like well, I listen to some podcasts I'm like boy this is really cool to to talk to people outside of the actual interview but then in the interview and just to see the soul matches the voice it's just such a great thing so I have yeah. one last question for you Nick and then we're going to kind of let you go and Hopefully, if you do have time in the future, I would love to have you back to maybe perform. If we can hear you grace our my second podcast, Space Between, I would love to hear you sing if you're ever open to doing so. Oh, cool. You, you got All it, right. Man, so our sure. last question is, um, how can our listeners find you online? If you can kind of tell us where they can find you and follow you. Yeah, so uh, on Instagram, my name is at It's Nicholas King. Uh, and again, for people that 
just, you know, do the default spelling. <laughs> My name is spelled without the H. So it's Nicholas with no H. Uh, so at it's Nicholas King. I'm also on Facebook under that name as well. And uh, the new record and everything is available on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Amazon Music, uh, Target, Walmart, all those, all those, any, anywhere that fine music is distributed, you will find my, 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 my music. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Like I'm following you for sure. I want to mo- make sure that I can share your music with all the people I know. I think that you have done not only amazing things in your career, up to this point, but I know there's a lot more to come. And I'm just glad to know you as a friend, as a person who I think has a great voice and I'm here to support you any way I can. Thank you. Thank you so much. Can I tell you what I'm doing right now? Sure. Absolutely. So I, I just, uh, I just landed in Florida and um, I've got a, a brand new show opening up uh, this, this coming weekend. And we'll playing for, for three and a half weeks in Boca Raton, Florida at the Wick theater. And it's a show with the wonderful, the legendary, she's just a legend in the, in the jazz and cabaret world. Her name is Marilyn May. And she was, she holds the record for the most appearances on the tonight show more than any other. I thought I was fancy. I've been on twice, you know, she's been on 76 times and she is, and hold on to your hair. Here we go. She is 93 years old and she's got more energy, uh, Gerald, than you and I, and probably the whole village of of Boca Raton combined. And she and I are going to be up on that stage uh, in their winter spectacular. It's called light the candles doing three and a half weeks together. So if any of your listeners are in the Boca Raton area or South Florida, you know, come and see us. It's going to be such a, such a ball. And I just, I get to, I pinch myself that I get to work with her. She is the gold standard of, of cabaret and jazz performers. And to get a chance to share the stage with her uh, seven times a week for the next three and a half weeks is going to be an absolute dream. Yeah. So I'm so just anyone who's in the area, come and come and see us. We'll be at the Wick Theater in Boca Raton until December 19th. We close on December 19th, but we're there until now and we're going to have such a ball. So send anybody you want our way. We'd love to see them. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm just grateful to have you here. Thank you so much, Nicholas, being a part of Black Canvas. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right. Thank you so much, Nick, for making time to talk with us. And I will have you back very soon. So I will be emailing you after you're done, maybe toward the end of December. We can kind of, or you can text me and we can kind of figure out what we're going to do for either the end of the year or beginning of next year to have you to perform. You've got it, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no problem. And you have a great day. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,